Hello and welcome to another episode of the Split Screen Podcast. It's been a while, hasn't it? I'm recording this on the 7th of December 2019. Let me bring you up to speed with where we're at. I'm in the UK with my wife in the house that we own. And Alan is in his house with his wife in Australia. They might think, ah, cool, you guys have recorded a new podcast. Yes and no. The following podcast was recorded on the 6th of October 2015. At this point in 2015, we were halfway through, really, what ultimately became the run of 5 out of 10 magazines. You can hear we reference it a couple times. And the fact is, ultimately, we invested a hell of a lot of energy into that magazine. And so there wasn't as much energy for me left over for editing these podcasts, which was something... I'd always found, well, not always found, I'd lost a bit of joy in, in editing it. And so away the WAV files went to hide somewhere in my PC. And they got misnamed as well. I've only just discovered them. So you might go, ah, oh, Craig, that's that's unfortunate. Um, well, I'm, you know, you didn't record and publish that podcast on time. Well, I'm afraid to say it gets worse because the podcast was a fifth year anniversary celebration of our split screen website. It is now coming on our ninth, almost 10th year. Um, So the following podcast was recorded four years ago um, and has only been released, released now. But hey, look, I found it. The good news is I found then another podcast from 2017 that I also didn't edit. Um, and I think I've managed to uh, scrape together all the sources from it. So, so okay, this podcast and the next podcast in the feed are going to be um, out of sync from when they're published. I'll, I'll do a shorter intro on the next one um, just to say the recorded date and then the published date. But here we are. Uh, let's Happy birthday to us. We, we, we kept going. Um, we took a bit of a break for a while after 5 out of 10, but um, I'm back in it making uh, stuff, some videos, uh, Twitch is a thing now, so I might dabble in that. But really, I've had more fun setting up the streaming software than than anything else. But really, that's going to be an article which you can find on split-screen.net or you can go to 5out10magazine.com and you can still buy that magazine. Still available. 5out10.com, still available. Get it while stocks last. So anyway, let's get on to the podcast and it begins with a Skype call. Hello. Hello. Oh, yep. fuck. Hold on. Give me one second because I. Oh, fucking hell. I was so loud. I was so loud. <laughs> okay. Hello and welcome to the Split Screen Podcast. I am Craig Wilson, Design Editor of 5 Out of 10. I am joined once again and always by the Editor-in-Chief of 5 Out of 10, Alan Williamson. Thanks, Craig. It's a delight to be here. Now, this uh, this is a very special occasion. Luckily, a certain song that people always sing at these occasions has just come to public domain. So we can actually sing it. Shall we sing together, Alan? <laughs> I, I don't see why not. Okay, you can you can you can you can, you can count me in. Okay, three, two, one. Happy birthday! <laughs> this is impossible over Skype. It doesn't work. This is too sad. Uh, happy birthday to us! Happy I was birthday. I was going to swerve and try saying like a different happy birthday song, but I can only think of this this kind of soul one. Where it's like happy birthday to you, happy birthday. That'll that'll do. That that that's it. I think the moment's been lost. Okay, I think um, yeah, the moment was lost a while ago. Yeah. But it's our fifth birthday. It's our fifth, yeah, it's our fifth anniversary. And what, um, what gift are you meant to get somebody for their fifth anniversary? You get them a card that says, "I haven't thought about you in a year." <laughs> How's it going, Frank? Craig? Really good, well, man. <laughs> actually, um, speaking of speaking of your girlfriend, I got a message about five minutes before we started recording this, mm. and it goes as follows: Get ready. I don't think you're ready. Get ready. This is it. It's story time. Seriously. Unbelievable. You won't know whether to laugh or cry. And so with that, Craig, you need to tell me your embarrassing story. So I have a story to tell you. 
Now, <laughs> now, the last time I told you a story, do you remember what it was? Was it the lime shower gel incident? So it turns out I'd been using lime shower gel as a shampoo for the better part of eight or nine years. And you'd been using soap uh, in place of shower gel? And I'd been using, I'd be using soap as soap. I mean, I didn't get that wrong. Like, so that's, that's fine. Okay, yeah. Um, as it turns out, recently, uh, my girlfriend had to inform me uh, that while I've been staying at hers, I have, in fact, been using coconut shampoo as a shower gel. <laughs> to, which, to, which, to which your criticism was, did you not notice it didn't lather? And to which I thought, not really. <laughs> So using soap as soap, I've got right. I've used shampoo as shower gel and shower gel as shampoo. Regardless, though, squeaky clean. What is it with you, man? Like, why do you why do you find this so difficult? And the thing is, it's not that I have rushed showers. As anyone who's lived with me knows, I have long showers. I will have fucking hour long showers if the mood takes me. And but yeah, I don't. I can't. I don't see very well, or think or think very well. Do you remember? Um... Whenever we got beaten by the BitSocket boys at Micro Machines, we did our um, little video at the end, the, the little video coda. Yes. And there's a clip where I'm brushing my teeth and you pull back the shower curtain and you're drying your hair. Yes, while being completely it, dry. <laughs> yeah, but now I'm imagining you, the, 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 as soon as it cuts, you saying to me, my hair feels weird. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this shampoo's just not coming out of my armpits. Uh... So, um, so how are we? How are we celebrating this wonderful day, Alan? Um, this, this wonderful day, four days before our magazine goes to to print. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> celebrating by uh, yeah, crapping myself and trying to get through as quickly as possible <laughs> so I can go back to finishing the front cover. I think what so, we're trying to say is that we don't really do games anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think what we're trying to say is, uh, you know, video games are, are pretty boring. So we're just going to talk about soap. Which I think, I think like you know, video games are all well and good for talking about for the first five years. But whenever you, yeah, you know, we've been women here a long time, and we really want to broaden our audience. And out of all the people we could possibly hope to listen to this podcast, they they all wash. So it's time for the split screen soap screencast. So this week, um, I have been using. So I can't even keep this up. It's not worth it. Okay, we're going to talk about games. We're yeah. Talk about games. It was things that we loved to play, and uh, we, we've always been we've always been game focused. We try to do different things. You, 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 and I sneak in the odd movie review. Sometimes I like to write about metal, uh, but we always end up coming back to video games for better or worse. So, my brilliant idea was that um, we would talk about our five favorite games um, over the history of the website. So I made a list of those, and two of them uh, were released before the website came out. <laughs> <laughs> so. So instead, what we're going to do is we're going to pick one favorite each um, from our first five years, and then we'll pick one that is our unanimous favorite for the game that we like to play together. Oh, Isn't that nice? The Game of Life, which is, of course, a game nobody enjoys playing because shit. So who's going first? Have you, have you thought of one yet? Uh, no. All right, well... um. <laughs> okay, well, guess I'll just talk about both Bayonetta games then. <laughs> so, um, I am not sure whether I prefer the first or second Bayonetta. Now, it's it's really not a fair contest because I've played about 60 hours of the first Bayonetta and I've played a mere 30 of Bayonetta 2. I've only completed it twice and so I don't really feel pressed to judge it yet. And that's one of the reasons why I never wrote a full review for the website. Mm-hmm. I was I got a couple of paragraphs out and said, oh, yeah, this is... Obviously, the best game of the year, but I wasn't quite sure whether it matches up to the standards of its predecessor. Um, and I spoke to um, Rich Stanton about it at his book launch. Um, he's another massive platinum fan, and he thinks uh, Bayonetta is better, the first one. And I don't know, so I'd recommend both of them as being the, the best game of all time. Just play them back to back, forever and ever and ever until the till the end of time. So I have a question for you. Yep. Um, are you sick of me talking about Bayonetta yet? No, because I find it true penance for the fact that you gave Mass Effect 2 a split screen award of the year. <laughs> well, yeah, I the, remember saying the at the time... Screeny, the screeny stitch up of 2011. Yeah, the, mon- the much controversial award show where the bass player from Rage climbed on the scenery and started shaking it about in dismay. 
Uh, <laughs> well, we, we actually made... Um, you made the, the banners that year. Well, you normally make those the year. I did them all in Microsoft Paint. It was good fun. Um, but, um, yeah, you had actually done a winner's banner for Bayonetta. Because you're like, are you sure? <laughs> I think I might be right. So I think there's something to be learned here. And it is sometimes... Sometimes whenever you are a a writer and a journalist, you want to try and be objective. Mm-hmm. And you want to go for... You want to try and vote with your head and not your heart. And whenever I gave Best Game of the Year to Mass Effect 2, I was voting with my head and not my heart. Um, and that is why it was the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Because it was uh, it was insincere. And I, and I do think they're both amazing, amazing games. And if my granny wanted to get into video games. Um, first of all, I think I'm a bit strange. But secondly, I'd probably recommend Mass Effect over Bayonetta. But um, when it comes to, you know, what's the one I've continued to play? What's the one I want to play every time I say its name? It's always going to be Bayo. Um, and I, I, it's interesting because Mass Effect, so, you know, Mass Effect 2 is easily the best of the three. And then I did go and obviously went and played and reviewed Mass Effect 3. And it was, well, it was it was also really, really good, but it let down two. And because the story was built up in two and then not very well concluded in three, um, it actually diminished the value of two to a certain extent because whenever I was reviewing Mass Effect 2, it was all about the promise of it, really. Yeah. It was about, it's about like the Walking Dead games. You played the first couple of chapters and you could have wrote a review of it, but it wasn't until you reached the end of that story arc you truly knew whether it lived up to its promise and I don't think Mass Effect did Res- well, that, well that was the of course all the, the the stuff that came out at the end of the third one and they're making a fourth game right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so undoubtedly there'll be some either nod to the fact that they kind of screwed it up but, well I say screwed up it's not really screwed up it's just it didn't exactly as you said it didn't meet people's expectations now that actually could present something really interesting because if you look at what the new Batman versus Superman film is doing. Yeah. It's a complete response to Man of Steel in which Superman kills a city and saves no one. And because <clears throat> if you've if you've seen that film, no. I think I actually ironically wrote a review of it on split screen. You did. You did. And it's it's just such a noisy mess of a fight that lasts about 20 30 minutes at the end where they're wrecking buildings, they're blowing uh, firing laser beams and bi- bisecting skyscrapers and all kinds of stuff. We're still talking about uh, Superman and not Bayonetta, right? I guess it could be that. <laughs> and his cleavage was showing all the while. Oh, Henry Cavill. Um, but yeah, like the Batman film is basically, he's horrified by that as well, much like the audience were like, whoa, where's Superman gone? And who is this monster? So Mass Effect 4 could almost do that. They Like if they stand their ground... And be like, no, we find a way of spinning it. I I think they're just going to... I think it's a whole new series. I think it's not a continuation of the, the Shepard trilogy. Mm. I, wouldn't, I don't know if you would call it a reboot or a sequel in a different universe, but um, from what I understand, it's going to be completely different. Fair um, shout. Now, so, I've not, I've, now, I've not actually played Bayonetta. Holy shit! I've, how, how is that even possible? Because how, how have I not? Have I not bought you a copy for like your birthday or Christmas? Rick's got a copy. We can pause the podcast. Away you go. Because whenever you brought it up, I just politely excused myself from the conversation. Oh God! Well, I have played, and if I just let me let me grab the old uh, disc off the old shelf here. Let me just read you the back. Game very similar to Bayonetta. Grab a chainsaw and prepare to grind one out. Not lollipop chainsaw. Lollipop chainsaw. Is that your choice for the, be the best game you've played in the, the past five years? <laughs> no, it's my it's my choice to show just how much I know that your choice is Bayonetta. Because even when I reviewed this thing, I knew that it was inferior to Bayonetta. I mean, <laughs> because I, the, this game, this like lollipop chainsaw was just so the the repetitive and frustratingly shallow in every single way. And from what you've described with Bayonetta, it's the opposite. It's like a skill system of depth where you can replay it time and time again. I just can't believe that I've I've spent the past five years, my life's ambition has been to get everybody to love Bayonetta. And the one person that I know reads every single thing that I write on his site because he also pays for the site hosting, <laughs> hasn't played that game. And I just, 
I don't know. I, I have an existential crisis here. I'm, uh, I, I, uh, it's, this is like the end of Unbreakable, where we shake hands, and I'm like, it's time for you to meet who I really am. <laughs> I've always preferred God of War. No, inferior. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can't believe you haven't played Bayonetta. All right, well, that's your that's your Christmas present sorted. <laughs> <laughs> is it on PC? Can you find PC? Oh, nope, 360. All right, that's fine. 360 or Wii U, but you don't want to play the PS3 version. My 360 is still plugged into the TV, and we'll say that like there. It's an, say that like it's an achievement. <laughs> achievement unlocked, but go, you still love me. Uh, it kind of is, I guess. So yeah, go for it. I uh, I only really turned mine on to get, get my usual firmware update fetish, where I go, oh, wonder if it's improved then. Ah, <laughs> oh, everything's been refreshed. Ah, oh, oh. yeah, this this. <laughs> This interface is getting even closer to, to Windows 10. How, how, how delightful. <laughs> um, but yeah, Bayonetta is the, the best game of the, the past five years. And if you don't like it, you're, you're a dickhead. That's pretty much all I've got to say at this point. Um, no, I, I don't know. There's very few games that I would sit down. So I've written about my Get Well games for 5 out of 10 before and I've been gradually um, I've been cashing in off that for the past year. It's been great. I've got talks and stuff out of it. <laughs> but... Um, uh, Bayonetta is definitely one of them. It'd be right up there in my all-time favorite games with the, the obvious choice of Sonic and mm-hmm. Burnout, Burnout 3 is another one. It's those games that I would happily pick up and play anytime. I just think it's so wonderful. And But at the same time, whenever somebody else plays it, I can totally see why they wouldn't get it and why they would find it embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, the, the game opens with a, a sexy nun with a lollipop in her mouth killing angels at Dr. Robotnik's funeral. And that's, there's quite a lot of, uh, <laughs> quite a lot of layers to get your head around. Um, and the, the plot doesn't make a lick of sense. Um, and then people do kind of complain. It is, I'm not, I don't want to get into the discussion of whether or not Bayonet is a sexist <laughs> game or if she actually stands for female empowerment. I think, um, there's nothing wrong with being sexy. You know, what's wrong with being sexy? Um, but I, I, I think it is the, the definitive action game, um, for people that like Devil May Cry, Ninja Gaiden, God of War, it's way better than any of those. It's just so much more fluid and fun, and I, I think, yeah, I think it just it's just the perfect video game for me. Everything mm. about the way it flows and the way it, my brain makes sense of it better. So as soon as I picked it up, it just made sense to me the way the moves chained into another and the way enemies reacted and the way that world is created. It mm-hmm. just fundamentally makes sense to me on a deep level. And that's one of the things I really like about Japanese action games. I mean, everybody knows I'm a massive fan of Platinum. I love Treasure, all the old Mega Drive games. I'm a big fan of like Vanquish and stuff like that as well. I really like tightly controlled Japanese action games. Mm-hmm. I like things that are very fast and very precise and masterable. Because that, that's, that's my absolute favorite kind of game. Um, and... I mean, it's diversified since then. Obviously, there's 360 games I love that are like Bioshock and Mass Effect, and they're nothing like Bayonetta. But to me, it is like a modern spin on old school mechanics because mm-hmm. I didn't have a PS2, so I never had Devil May Cry or anything like that. I, I played them at friends' houses. Like, whoa, this game's really good. So <laughs> uh, I think me playing Bayonetta was like like everybody else's experience of playing Devil May Cry for the PS2 for the first time. <laughs> so there you go. It's just, I don't know, it's just a, just, a, just a fucking good game, man. What more do you want from me? What more do you want from me? <laughs> I think if you're going to play Bayonetta today, I would say get the Wii U Special Edition with the sequel. Um, it's as good as the 360 version. There's a couple of extra costumes and things, but you should probably get yourself a, a Wii U Pro controller as well. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I think that or the that or the 360 version are equally good. And let's face it, you'll be able to get the 360 version CEX for about three pounds. So just just get it that way. It's fine. No shame in it. So for for my favorite game, and I've oh, sh- and uh, actually before you go into your favorite game, I have a I have a little competition. Okay. Okay, so um, I was listening to the BitSocket podcast earlier, and um, uh, it is their fifth anniversary too. And um, I will leave it up to you, dear listener, to decide who are more successful. Um, so, Dave and Paul, if you can tell us uh, which one you like more. Um, okay, so I have, um, when I was eating my dinner this evening, I went through all of your split screen writing. And I have chosen five quotes, and you have to guess where those quotes came from. Ah, five quotes from five articles. This will be fun. Yeah. Five quotes, five articles. So this is, uh, and these are these are all real quotes. You have to guess the, uh, you have to guess the game or the thing that it's about. Now, can I just say off the bat, this, I've, I, I will find this very difficult because I don't, 
even when I've gone back and occasionally read something I've written, I don't recognise it as nearly as much, or I'm not as familiar with it nearly as much as the visual things I've done. Uh-huh. Like I could, I could redraw you all the visual stuff, and I know that intimately. Whereas I, I, I don't think I'd be able to even tell you. Like I read, um, I think I wrote a review of Lego Batman back, back at the student newspaper. I don't know if you remember. It was one of the few bits of hate mail we got from someone. Um, oh, I don't remember what the hate mail was about, but no. Oh, I, oh they were. They were. We got some. They were very upset that I was reviewing a, chi- a kids' game. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I panned it, and I said that Batman was boring, and I was like, "Oh, who is this younger Craig? I don't believe in anymore." You said that Batman, the character, was yeah. boring. Yeah. Oh my god. It's this shameful stuff. Oh god, I, I, I. I don't, have to, I don't believe that's true. I, I, like, obviously, I don't think Batman's boring. I just don't believe that you thought that. That's wow. So, Alan. Okay. So, anyway, yeah. After after that, um, so here, uh, so I've got um, I've got six of these. I've got six of these. Okay. First one is the only reason I'm writing this is because I've drank too much whiskey and I don't want to go to Tiger Tiger. Okay, so that's placed us in Portsmouth, <laughs> so we can start <laughs> reducing this by the year. Now, I hope you're not cheating. I hope you've got your browser shut. No, browser is shut. Good, good. The only reason I'm writing this is because I've drank too much whiskey and I don't want to go to Tiger Tiger. Yep. That's the first line of this piece. Uh, they're, all, they're all reviews. Okay. I, I'd almost go for a lollipop chainsaw. I seem to remember playing that while being <laughs> desperately unhappy. <laughs> um, no, this is from Papa and you. What the fuck? <laughs> Which is interesting because that's a, that's a game about alcoholism. Oh, oh wow! Okay, uh, did I make that point at all, or is that just bl- um, blissfully unaware? No, you do you do make a point later in the review, but I don't know if you ever put two and two together. I don't know if that was the part of the joke or that's the joke. I don't know. Uh, um, I, I, I also um, I had one from your Simpsons tapped out one, but I took it out. But um, uh, if you look at the very start of that, um, whenever you delete your tapped out town, I love the the screenshot you've taken of whenever I texted you, and it was like oh, I love your Simpsons tapped out review. Please delete these games from your phone. <laughs> I got a message. I got a message from you. Got a message from my literally my family, <laughs> my loved ones. Oh, so good! People were trying to intervene. It's like we want to. We want to help you, Craig. I'm clean, man. I'm like eight months clean. There was a guy at work who was insanely addicted to it as well. And after it, after I deleted it, uh, he would keep coming up to me like, "Oh, they've done this now. This is like the new theme that they were running with." I'm like, "I'm out, man. I'm out. Look at my look at my coin. Three months." This is like when I ran Cookie Clicker and a web browser and work over the weekend. And, uh, <laughs> um, okay, so that was zero points so far. Awesome. Next one is, uh, this is another quote. Personally, I describe the extravagant use of vivid color as akin to God the Almighty eating a giant bag of Skittles and throwing up all over the world. <laughs> um, so... I feel like it could almost be from Alice Madness Returns, but I don't think it is because you didn't say anything immediately after I said my guess, which suggests that I was wrong. I'm just, I'm just going to pause and let you work through this before I tell you the answer. A super colorful game. Looks at shelf. Going to have to push you. Come on, take a guess. Doom, 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 doom. Um, I think it is a game by the developer. That's... It's, try, it's trying to. It's trying to. <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah, that was a colourful game. I remember now. Okay, so that's, uh, yeah. Still, still, you're like um, England at the Eurovision Song Contest here. S- strangely, a, th- a three-player co-op game that when I finally got two other people with th- and like three controls together to play was fucking terrible as a co-op game. We played, uh, I played Trine 3 uh, with um, Joe Martin and, um, and Talia um, last time I was at their place and it was, it was okay. But it wasn't very well balanced for co-op. We kept no. walking off the screen and people kept disappearing and dying and stuff, which to me is like the opposite of how it should work. Yeah, that's it. Was exactly it. it was like playing. Uh, oh, that should have been our best game of the first five years. Was um, for you. It's got to be New Super Mario Brothers. Um, which um, for those of you that haven't played that game with Craig, although he's the world's biggest asshole, and instead of jumping in the platforms like you're meant to, he jumps in your head when you're halfway across a pit. Divorce mode. That was what we called it. <laughs> okay. So quote number three. 
Exposition, 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 jokes. Yeah, this is uh, the world's end. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you remember that bit because I was trying to cut out all the bits of a pub and then things. Yeah, that was uh, that was quite something because it started off as a normal review and then it just dissolved into madness where you just started. Uh, yeah, I think you just I think you just lost it. There's times where I think I've been like quite like I worry that I just enjoyed playing with the form as much as with as much as actually writing a a review. I hope folk got what I was trying to say with that, and that there's too much bloody exposition and then a wee joke every now and then. That that's only the that's only the last eight instances of the word exposition. There was about thirty of them. Oh yeah, I just I just tried to go for every scene I could remember and put the word exposition down at some point. Oh, so well, right well done. You've got the points on the board. Um, <laughs> okay, so I can still I can still bring this back. I can still win three two. That is true. That is okay. true. Okay. The paralyzing dread hit one year later while driving alone at night on a desolate stretch of Scottish countryside. The moonlight casting doubt over the bends in the road ahead. Ah shit. I remember this. <laughs> well, I, we're about to find I can, out. I can tell you that the road was the A90, uh, northbound after the fourth road bridge, if that helps. Um, I don't know if I can give you a point for that. Well, I was really just it, looking it at was, the game, to be honest. It was a realisation that a certain game that I'd been playing was, in fact, from another genre, and that game was Dead Space 3. Oh, well done. Well done. Yes, because you were talking about that you realised it was actually more akin to Diablo and survival horror. It completely was. It's interesting that, again, that game, like, Kind of like Resident Evil, as the series uh, went on, it evolved into a different genre. Yeah, like, it became, Resident Evil went from survival horror to becoming, well, essentially another third-person shooter. Yeah. And not a very good one at that. And completely building on the whole weapon drop system. Like, after every little skirmish, I played it co-op with Dave. Hi, Dave. Um, Hi, Dave. How's it going? And so, nice, nice surname, as always. Whenever we picked up... Uh, Weapon. Oh man! Now people will find him. They'll just put two and two together. Well, maybe, maybe I should. Maybe it's like the surname is McCool. Was a good surname. So whenever we'd fight enemies, we'd pick up all the bits <laughs> from them, and then like just rush to the bench, which is where you assembled your weapons. And that was much more satisfying, actually, assembling the weapons than any of the the scares in the game. There are a couple of interesting psychology bits, but yeah. Anyway, on to number four. So it's two, two, two. Yeah, okay, so... Number five, then. <clears throat> yeah, number number five. Um, <laughs> it's like one of those throwaway moments in a live gig when the band says, this song is about anal sex, before launching into a rendition of Brown Eyed Girl, upon which you remember that your mum's favourite song is Brown Eyed Girl. All I can remember is that that's true. <laughs> uh, good Lord. <laughs> What's even, what, what is my point, even? That someone I get so, so a game made a kind of cursory statement of something. I'm not or sure. no, no, it's that they kind of explain the point and then tell you that show you the metaphor, which is meant to explain the point. So a game's done that. This is like trying to profile <laughs> my own bad writing. Uh, oh man, looks to shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Shelf's not going to help you now. Okay. <laughs> um. I've made a good choice of only choosing games that are available on Steam, so uh, none of these, none of these will help. <laughs> they're not, they're not boxed products. Oh man! <laughs> I want to say it's something like <laughs> I don't know. You have, uh, do you give up? I don't want to. <laughs> well done. I think I have to. It's Papa and Yo again. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> that one was just full. I was like, this is gold. I can't not use both of these. Um, so you drank too much. I just imagined you writing this thing in a winner. Going, uh, the only reason I'm writing this is because I drank too much whiskey. I don't want to go to Tiger Tiger. Like, ha, <laughs> <and> all sex. <laughs> and, then you, and you do reference the whiskey again at the end. Uh, so, okay, this is the last one. <laughs> okay. There's two women in bowls there. And, uh, oh, oh, you, you can't click on them. Is that from the Blade Runner? Well, uh, let's play. Yeah, yeah. It's um, that is from episode fourteen of your Blade Runner Let's Play when you go to the the nightclub. So I was like, I I couldn't watch the whole thing to get quotable quotes, so I picked the one with nudity, and that was a pretty good quote about women and bulls. <laughs> I remember, I remember finding that when I was a kid, and it was so 
like titillating. It was, it was, it was genuine. Oh, the wind bulls! Oh, you should have seen them. No, blow. no, but that that point where you go down to like the stripper, uh, the, the the lap dancing club place nightclub, it was like genuinely exciting to like be like, oh my god, I can't believe that this is in a game. And then when I played it again, it's like, like it's about as much definition as the the female super meat boy character, whatever her name is. Bandage girl. Yeah, it's just like one giant pink pixel, and that's it. Yeah, it, it didn't it didn't look particularly titillating to me. I have to say. Okay. Um. So uh, so you go well done. Yay. So, yeah. Then did you pass? Pass. Do you do you know yourself? You know who you really are. I I uh, no I don't recognize. <laughs> but the struggle with silence. I don't know any of that. No. You got you got three out of six. I think that's possible. Yes, I guess so. It's an even it's an even split screen. So Ooh. that's uh, so I was gonna I was gonna tell you what I was doing, and then I thought you could have done the same thing for my pieces, but I didn't want to spoil the surprise of putting you on the spot. So okay, so I really struggled, obviously, to pick a game that I really enjoyed that came out in the past five years. But to be fair to you, I did set you up with a completely different premise, so we did put you in the spot. And then and then when we kind of changed the premise to just be a game that you've played in the five years, the list didn't grow that much. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, and, you play, but you've got to, that, that gives you an extra three years because, you know, <laughs> that's, how, that's how you roll. But when, when I think about it, right, the, the game that comes to mind, is, it's slightly outside the window of the five years. It's all right. It's all right. This is our show. We make the rules. And I'm just taking, looking at the shelf again. Oh, fuck, it's even further out. Oh, I can't choose that now. Damn what it. Is it. What is it? Oh, it's the Orange Box. Orange Box? Yeah, it came out in like 1997. Never mind. 1997? Do that. Do 2007. 2007. Like, Half-Life Half Life 1 didn't come out until 1998. So that would have been quite the achievement. I'm going to Valve are good, but they're not that good. There is, there is a game which I feel... So, here, all right, let me, let me preface this first by talking about Weezer. So, <laughs> I would expect nothing less. One of my favourite an incredibly profound album. However, I feel every single song is fantastic. Is the Blue Album the one with Only in Dreams on it? Yes, it ends with Only in Dreams, begins with My Name is Jonas. Ah, thanks for all you showed us. There's, a, there's a, a tone in every song that's consistent throughout the album. There's, It's just got a drive. From beginning to end, it's just effortless. Now, it's not the most profound thing in the world, and it's certainly not my favourite album, but it's up there. It's top three just because it's so good. There's nothing wrong with it. There's a game that I play probably about twice a year and have done so since it came out, which, for me, there is nothing wrong with it, and it's Plants vs. Zombies. <laughs> yeah, I, should have, I should have seen that comment. <laughs> really should have. All right, no, okay. no, but it is. No, I wouldn't, if, if, if I think about it, right, if I have to really put a game that I gets complete enjoyment and satisfaction from every single time. It's Plants vs. Zombies. <laughs> this, is, this is good because this is this is like, this is the total antithesis of Bayonetta. This is the game that you love and I don't really get why you like it. Um, because I have played Plants vs. Zombies because unlike you, I listen to what my friends tell me. But uh, <laughs> How do you like them apples? Um, but I've played a little bit of it but I never really got into it so you need to explain this to me. So it's desktop tower defense game, which is distilled down into like one dimension. All the zombies come from right to left across five different lanes. That's two dimensional. Yes, two dimensional then. Across... One dimensional would be like vib ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a challenge that I find in it, which I have to impose myself. Right, like if you actually just there's a certain point where you accrue a number of different plants that you can place down and you there's a certain combination that you can just uh once you once you get to it you can just whitewash the entire game you can just steamroll the entire game what i find challenging every time i go back and play it is i keep limiting the number of plants i can use okay like big the classes of plants yeah so i don't use like the star flower one which is like the god weapon but I just find it supremely satisfying every time. There's nothing I'd really change about it. You're so unimpressed by this choice. <laughs> no, it's it's you know it, it's not that I'm on it. it it's fine, it's fine. It, um, 
Okay, so so okay, so what makes you want to come back to it then? What because so Plants vs Zombie doesn't have, it doesn't have any sandbox modes, right? It's a it's a set series of stages, and the same zombies come along every time. Um, so what do you like about it? Do you like the the creative freedom of limiting yourself and mixing up different things? Because that's one of the things I really like about Bayonetta is that it's the same fights all the time, but because there's so many different weapon combinations and things, there's a lot of variation in there. So it sounds like a, a similar kind of thing, actually. No, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not crouched over um, on my iPad, like intensely rocking back and forth as like the zombies come and I'm trying to figure out great strategies. It's 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 got the right level of being a challenging, but like completely relaxing game. I can just unwind to it. Okay. And it, it's for that reason, I've, can keep coming back to it time and time again even though like you say the levels are preset but no but it, it just is i mean there's there, there are other games that i kind of could mention but i don't feel that they've last they've 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 um they've lasted five years later they haven't, they haven't stood the test of time no no but it's interesting because anytime we talk about popcap games we love popcap but we don't talk about them that much in any of the podcasts oh no i mean it's you know i play bejeweled every day yeah it's like Still. i, I I, I I mean I I kind of love Bejeweled and I hate Bejeweled. I really love Mad Three Puzzlers and I do prefer Zookeeper, but and I and I dislike that Bejeweled is the new, the no more moves thing. Where I think I my Zookeeper review I said that you know it's just Bejeweled punishes you for a failure in its own algorithms. Um, but yeah, I I have to keep Bejeweled off all my devices. Um, at least one issue of 5 out of 10 has gone down to the wire simply because I played a lot of Bejeweled 3. <laughs> what else did Popcat make apart from PVZ and Peggle and um, the Bookworm? Chuzzle? Chuzzle? I just make up words. No, Chuzzle, it's a, it's a match 3 game that Ooh. they did. Yeah, it's, it's not... I didn't enjoy it so much. And it's, of course, like, you know, five years ago, that was the apex. I genuinely would put Popcat up there. With with like Valve and Nintendo, just in terms of there was a certain quality that you could expect. They're kind of like, the masters of their own niche, aren't they? Like I think I think Valve and Nintendo and PopCap are all really good, but they're all doing very different things. Mm. But of and course, they've like been... PopCap stuff is really good on mobile. It doesn't translate as well to you wouldn't want to sit and play Peggle on the Xbox, or mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to sit and play Peggle on the Xbox. But creatively, they've been gutted, and Plants vs Zombies Two is everything horrible about freemium games. Is it? So it's microtransaction land? Oh, completely. And the difficulty spikes are horrific and that there's certain levels that are just notorious for, no, this is the level where you need to buy something. Um, similarly, Peggle Blast, which is a far better sequel to Peggle than Peggle 2 was, in that it had really inventive characters and like, so, like you couldn't imagine Peggle having enemies in it and it working, but yeah. it kind of does. <laughs> um, but again, level I think it's fifty nine. Uh, when you start googling around, that's that's the, um, that's the unfair level. Like there's a I think we talked about it before, but on one of the double fine let's plays where they sit down and do Lion King, um, the developer admits there's a level where you're on monkeys getting thrown about. Oh yes, I, I yeah right. Yeah, I was actually watching a let's play of that. In true, in true, <laughs> in true split screen fashion. Pretty sure we've spoken about this on a podcast. It's just because I was watching this and I remember being stuck in that and needing a walkthrough, and that's because there's one of the monkeys you roar at and it doesn't do anything. It doesn't. It just kind of hops up and down. Mm-hmm. But you have to roar at it twice, and it doesn't look like it's making a difference. Mm-hmm. Is that what they talked about? Uh, yes. It's, it's something like that. It's some niche thing where they got told by Disney, "You need to make this level harder." Because this is the point where we want people who have rented the game from Blockbuster to not get past it. Uh, okay, because that's because all the monkeys you can roll out are all pink, but yeah, there's one of them that behaves differently to the others, and it is quite a tricky puzzle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're back effortlessly from a break. So actually, <laughs> I just learned I learned something listening to the last BitSocket podcast. I say okay. learn something. It's it's something that's been staring me in the face. We don't actually put little breaks in our podcast. We we just go for the insurance. We just effort, effortlessly cut it so that it's like yeah, one long conversation. Kind of a interstitial noises or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. now one of the reasons why you don't want to do that 
is that if you're recording on two devices, they'll eventually go out of sync. So what I end up having to do is just troll through every few minutes, snip it a bit and pull it back into sync. Okay. Um, so like at least this point here, from now on, it'll be in sync because I'll have just done that. Because I, I, I like to prepare for this podcast, Alan. Spend hours and hours going through all of your <laughs> articles. <laughs> and okay, fi- that's good to know. That's good to find, know. Finding some choice quotes. Um. Not oh. as many similes as I'd like. Maybe my impression of oh. you as a simile-making machine has, has been misguided over the past few years. Well, I, I found one earlier and, and shamefully laughed at my own joke, so maybe you picked that one as well. All right, so this is this is a random assortment of, of, of writings that you've done. Oh, so it could be from anything? Oh, shit. Uh, they're, all, they're all reviews. Oh, okay. They're all reviews. Number one, it's an addictive system that makes you want to arse about sliding around a golf course for the sake of it. What? What? Oh, it's, a, it's an addictive system. Oh, um, is that Forza Horizon? It is indeed. Yeah. Forza Horizon, written on uh, Square Go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Because you can, you can, you can break into a golf course and do donuts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't ever play golfing games. So uh, I'm, I'm going to have to blank out the name of the the game because it's in okay. here, right? Okay. Okay. Blank has taken the role filled by Monopoly in past generations, a product which is a fundamentally anti-capitalist message that is subverted by the enjoyment of owning tons of useless crap. <laughs> I can't believe it. It goes on. I was going to say, goes, hold it, on, this doesn't sound like something... It, oh, okay, it goes on, if, it, follow, following sentence, it's a chilling metaphor for modern life, yet it also exudes the careless joys of childhood. Did I really write that? Yes. Those are words that come out of my hands. <laughs> Through, through your brain, through your hands, and past. So it's a modern equivalent of Monopoly. It's an anti-capitalist message. And it's all about collecting useless piles of crap. Um, to could, be, could be fucking anything, mate. <laughs> um, can, I, can, I hear the, can I hear the whole thing again? Okay. Blank has taken the role filled by Monopoly in past generations a product with a fundamentally anti-capitalist message that is subverted by the enjoyment of owning tons of crap. It's a chilling metaphor for modern life, yet it also exudes the careless joys of childhood. There's a lot to write about, that's for sure. <laughs> so, so you could have gone on, you held back. Um, looks at shelf, looks at shelf. Uh, it goes on. A couple of months after writing a video game piece, I'll reread it and often feel dissatisfied or completely baffled. I guess if you leave enough months between it. I actually wrote this. Yeah. That's the next. That's the next line. Yep. Okay. Talk, talk about feeling completely baffled. Um, I mean, I would say it was something like The Sims, but I don't think I've written much about The Sims. I, you know, Sims is kind of close. Kind of close. Really. Yes. Animal Crossing. Ding 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 ding. Yes. Yeah, dancer. So is, An- is that Animal, Animal Crossing New Leaf? Animal Crossing New Leaf has oh, taken the role filled by Monopoly. In fact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I write some bollocks. Uh, that's quite a recent one as well. Oh, shit. <laughs> I suppose you didn't have much time to, uh, to work your way through, so you wouldn't really got into the archives. <laughs> yeah, so, all right, number three. Even the menu says it all. A techno slush of neon bullshit. Oh, that's a European bus simulator. It is indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, uh, yeah. Tech news slush of European neon bullshit. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, that was that was so hard to do because I had to. I was filming it while I was lodging, so nobody could help me with the video recording. And I had like I had the camera up against my head, and I was trying to manipulate a mouse, a keyboard, and a steering wheel and pedals all at the same time. That was ludicrous. The bit where I cut to myself playing that game was one of the hardest things I've ever had to film. <laughs> All right, number four. Again, I'm going to have to blank the name out. Okay, okay. The, the only similarity between a fridge and blank is the climate. Its arctic wastes ensure no fruit will ever grow mold, no milk will ever sour. <laughs> Skyrim? It is Skyrim. Hey! <laughs> um, the fridge metaphor doesn't make an appearance after... <laughs> After that, uh, I wonder wonder why that is. <laughs> I think it's because it's cold. Oh wait, no, I, I take it wrong. It's actually that's a, that's the that's the bookend. You actually bring the fridge up earlier on. Oh, 
Some people think video game reviews should read like you're evaluating a fridge. A checklist of functions, a section on caveats, a pile of cliches, a numeric conclusion. That's actually, that's actually not too bad. I would stand by that. Yeah. That was the one where people accused us of being paid by Bethesda, the Skyrim review. Mm. Yeah. Here's an easy one for number four, three, five. Yeah. I don't know. I forget. But as we all know, it's not about the graphics. It's about the book read. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was gonna. As soon as you said, it's not about the gun. Uh, oh, that was my. Uh, that was my review of the Gunslinger, the the first in the Dark Tower books by Stephen King. Oh man, it is indeed. All right, last one. Blank isn't an anti-hero. He's a dick. <laughs> That's Alan Wake. Isn't <laughs> it? It is. <laughs> first, first article up on split screen. Uh, the only reason I know that is because I read it earlier. Actually, ah, uh, okay. So I, that's a slight cheat, but. Uh, but yeah, it's true. He's not an anti-hero. He's a dick. Um, okay, so how did I do? Uh, I think you got them all right, didn't you? Hey! <laughs> I don't remember because I wasn't writing anything down because I'm so prepared. Uh, you were in a, a drunken stupor <laughs> at the time. You were uh, you were you were too busy uh, trying to avoid going to Tiger Tiger. <laughs> I'll need to reread this. This uh, it makes it sound like I've had a harder time than I remember. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's. Now to think about it, it's taken on a bit of a sinister bent. I'm yeah. really glad that you didn't turn into an alcoholic or you've just been this manuscript of tragedy on our own <laughs> blog over the years. Oh, and then, oh yeah, there's the, I just, I'm just, I'm just looking through the archive here and I've just seen the one where you made a fake BBC News article about deleting your own Twitter account. Yeah, so I actually deleted all my tweets the other night. All of them? Yeah, if I used one of those websites where you give it permission and it just wiped out all the tweets. So I'm down to, I think it's, I've actually... I've retweeted four things, and I think that's the only thing tied to my Twitter handle now. Wow. What made you do that? Boredom. <laughs> you could just not read the tweets? Yeah, I know, but there's also a fact of... I think people are possibly exposing themselves now. Like, oh, oh, anyone who becomes in any position of power... This is where I make my play for how I'm going to become future prime minister. No, anyone who becomes a position of power from now on immediately uh, their name will be googled chucked into twitter chucked into any sort of online resource to see what comes up and there's people who've got like hundreds upon thousands of little messages and all it takes is one of those things to come back and bite you in the ass and really they don't matter past a week or two weeks do they you're not you're not wrong i did it also for the environment alan okay because some somewhere Recycling your tweets? <laughs> somewhere in a Twitter server room beneath some state in America, no doubt. My pointless tweets about linking to these oddly written articles will be sat there, taking up electricity. I care about our children's children, Alan. Our children. <laughs> Me and you. That's it. Five years. You're sad that you would never mention them. Uh, oh, okay. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I... As you know, I've pretty much gone off Twitter now. I just don't find it a particularly pleasant environment. And anybody who needs to contact me can DM me anyway. But yeah, I just, uh, I just get increasingly exasperated with it. But anyway, yeah. oh, from those, from those happy notes, I just, I just can't be arsed. I just, I just can't be arsed. Every time I go on to it, I see the kind of things people are discussing, and I just, I have to first of all take a couple of seconds for my eyes to roll down from the top of my head, and then I just go, "This isn't worth it." And I, I, I would I prefer to go in 20 seconds of lurking in horror and then leave again. Mm. And I haven't heard anybody say, come back to Twitter, Alan. We really miss you. It's really good fun. You know, <laughs> not, that, not that I want people to beg me to come back, yeah. but I don't, I don't think it makes a big difference to me personally or professionally. Well, that, well, that's kind of what I think I said to you a while ago. And that's what spurned me on when I made that, when I first <laughs> quit from Twitter. Um, that I, I don't, I've never really had any satisfying conversation on it like see I, I have I mean I've I so the past two years I've gone on holiday it's been with people I knew off Twitter mm-hmm. um, and you know whenever I went to um, whenever I went to Canada last year I stayed with Patrick Lindsay who I knew off Twitter and um, I met up with loads of people that I only exclusively talked to through Twitter so it's not it's not useless and I don't want to I, I in no way want to downplay the value of those friendships or anything like that um just I don't know, just to just find the, the culture around it, especially about games writing, which is of dubious cultural worth to begin with. Whoa, 
five more five, years. Five more years. <laughs> five more yeah, years. Uh, is... Okay, so guess we talk about games. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay, now joint favorite game of the past five years. It's uh, it's uh, Bayonetta two, isn't it? It's probably, it's probably Bejeweled. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be. It's Bejeweled, yay! So, do you want to talk about Left 4 Dead two? I feel like we've talked about it so much across the episodes that. Well, now we're bringing it all together what, for what, our what, for our final episode what, before we shut the set down. It is the best multiplayer game I've ever played. It's consistently consistently excellent every time I play it. And when I say Left 4 Dead 2, I prefer the Left 4 Dead 1 maps, but I kind of, yeah. it's it's to some extent it's a bit of a Kill Bill 1 and 2 thing for me. It's Left 4 Dead. There's some differences between them, but yeah, it's Left the, 4 the core Dead experience 2. is still there. Left 4 Dead 2 is kind of like Super Left 4 Dead or Left 4 Dead Turbo Champion Edition, isn't it? Hmm. It's not. It, it it it's it's an extension of the formula with extra extra character and extra maps and stuff. But the experience is fundamentally the same. Mm-hmm. It's not like because there's no reason to go back to Vanilla Street Fighter Two, unless you want to like you know get somebody with a guile handcuffs glitch. Mm-hmm. And likewise, there's no reason to go back to Left 4 Dead One. Yeah, especially not on the PC anyway. Why? Because there'd be nobody around playing it. Because you get all of the Left 4 Dead 1 maps for free in Left 4 Dead 2. Oh, yeah, that explains where they came from. I I assumed it was some kind of thing because we had bought both. Lots of games have come out in the five years that Split Screen's been around, and we're still playing one that came out a year before it started. So why is that? Why is it that every time I go back to my mum's house at Christmas, I always end up downloading Left 4 Dead 2 over that shit connection? Mm-hmm. Why? Why is it that whenever you and I want to hang out and, and and just and just chill and chat to each other, why do we choose that game? Because there are there, to me, Left 4 Dead is a successor to things like. So whenever I was in uni, we'd play stuff like Gears of War or or Top Spin Tennis or Marvel vs. Capcom games mm-hmm. that you can you can play, but you're not there to you're not there to master them. Left 4 Dead and even you know the way I play Top Spin and. Marvel versus Capcom, they don't require a level of mastery to enjoy them. You're playing them because you want to chat to your friend. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is it about Left 4 Dead? Compared to something like... So we could play something like Civilization V, right? Um, that, that is a game we could realistically play in multiplayer. We could play Team Fortress 2. We could play... We play anything. We could even... Well, we could sit and play... You know, well, whatever you like. There's loads of games that we both own that have multiplayer elements. So why do we keep coming back? to Left 4 Dead 2? So I think, first of all, that's cooperative. But, as opposed to if we just both jumped into like a Minecraft server and tried to build a wee house for our children's children, uh, it's got all the trappings of a competitive game. It's got... It's, and it's, it was, it's the difference between why we don't do Team Fortress 2 and why we'll sit and do Left 4 Dead, is that it's, it's, a, it's more private. Right, like it's kind of like just a chat room that we can't just chat and play in. Yeah, well, there's only ever three or four of you. Yeah, there's moments where it's you're just there's moments where it's quite a low amount of drama, so you can just chat, and then it's very natural when like oh a tank showed up, then you tune back into the game, so it's not just like it's background music for you to chat to, uh, or background action for you to play to. It's it's engaging, but it also has enough space in it that you can or that we can just chat. And zombies are cool. <laughs> killing, killing zombie business that never gets old. Yeah, it reminds me of when I would used to play Perfect Dark with uh, one of my friends back home when we were growing up. And we'd either play the cooperative story missions, but more times than not, we'd just play multiplayer, but we'd stick on... Yeah, I can't remember how many uh, bot computer characters you could put on, but we'd fill it with all the easy ones. At least the meat, the meat, meat sims. The is meat that what they were sims. called? Yeah. And then we'd have one perfect sim, which was the most difficult one. And so you'd kind of just be culling through all these meat sims. And then out the corner of a room, you would see this projectile coming straight towards you. And you'd be like, oh, god damn it, the perfect sim is here. And then you'd have to lock into it. 
it gets a lot of that fun. I like that game for that reason. You could kind of chat and play, and then you'd have moments of concentrated play. Like one of the co-op games I really like to play are the entire Halo series, mm. and one of the things that made me think, oh, this game's not for me anymore, is that Halo Five doesn't have split-screen multiplayer, mm-hmm. which you know for somebody that grew up playing every single Halo game and split-screen multiplayer is quite shocking. Um, but I played through Anniversary for 360 with my brother Mark, and Daniel and I played Halo Four on Christmas Day with a couple of beers. You know, it's just it's just, I've always done co-op Halo and always really enjoyed it. But again, it's about that's about that coming together. Like I've, I've played Halo a million times. There's, I've killed enough Covenant to to I don't know fill a, a ridiculously sized mass grave. I don't know where that was going. I told you I can't <laughs> do similes anymore. It's just yeah, uh, don't mean to don't mean to put a diner in things, but I do think like I know you, yeah, this will make you laugh, but I do think that. With me, I, you know, I'm doing a marathon in a couple of weeks, but my ankle's really wrecked. And then I went to get. <laughs> no, 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 that's not the funny bit. Oh, I'm not the joke. Um, <laughs> ah, you're a cripple, huh? <laughs> um, doing that, and I went to give blood a couple of weeks ago and had a bruised arm for about three weeks. I was like, I'm starting to feel old. I used to heal, and I, <laughs> I used to be like, I used to be like Wolverine, and now I'm like, I don't want to say Professor X. That's insensitive, but like, like a like a mortal human. Right. Mortality's mortality's creeping up on us as we reach the thirties. <laughs> slow race to thirty, but it's, we've we've changed quite a lot in the past five years. Like a lot, a lot's happened in the past five years. From when we sat on in your couch in Edinburgh and first came up with the idea for this website, which was just a way for us. And what, well, no, we wanted to like change the world at that point. Like in terms of yeah. the games, right? We wanted to both kind of make a really good go at it and. Had had a lot of things to say, and we're then very it, we're very naive back then. Yeah, well, you know, it was just and like yeah, and that you, you, I recognize that in a lot of other new writing I see, mm-hmm. um, and it's not necessarily like something worthwhile where you go like, oh, it's all been done before. It's um, interesting that um, that Socket started around the same time that we did, and I think you know maybe this is. Looking at it, I feel like an, an old man, but I think five years ago there was a lot more optimism about that kind of stuff. And you did have, like, you know, critical distance was a relatively new thing. Um, and there were a lot more places like Ontological Geek and Nightmare Mode and the Border House. And a lot of those places have kind of closed down now. Well, yeah, there, there, was a, there was an emergent burst of games criticism. Um, and but I, I, don't, I, don't know if there, I don't know if there was, right? Like, maybe it just feels like that because that's when we started. So that's when we started to really take note of it. Maybe. maybe. Um, and and because there still feels like there's a lot of new people showing up now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like you say, there's been so many websites, publications, Kickstarters, Patreons for things that have, have come and gone away. Yeah. Um, and like our little thing, our stuff kind of just, we just, you know, it's never gotten massively huge. Um, I think, that you know, is, I think we that wish. is perhaps the... Uh... <laughs> Perhaps the the understatement of a, the past five years. There were, there, there's been times on on split screen where things had little blips off of popularity where things spread round, um, but in general, the you know what we'd want to happen is like the magazine to get big, yeah, yeah, um, or at least you know for people who certainly the people who read it enjoy it, which seems to be the the feedback that we get. Yeah, I think I think I think the one thing that has changed is the is our attitude towards the writing that we're doing. When we started off split screen, it was all like, "Oh yeah, well, you were like, oh, we'll get the Google ads in and we'll do all this, and we're yeah. looking at analytics and stuff." When was the last time you looked at analytics and split screen? We may as well turn that off because I do not care what the Google analytics say for it. In fact, they might not even be working. I'm going to check where Ghostory. Uh, now we do have we do have Google analytics running on the site, um, but those things don't really matter. What matters is that we're enjoying it and our, and our friends are enjoying it and I think that whenever we redid the site I'm really happy that I moved my personal blog into it mm-hmm. because it was a, it was just a good outlet for those kind of words and things that should always have been part of split screen I think the thing that's changed is that we've gone from thinking alright oh, we're going to get these great careers as games journalists to go we've had more of an opportunity to evaluate what's really important to us I think what's really important to us is that, is that friendship and, and just doing stuff that we think is fun and, and only being accountable to ourselves yeah, and I think we kind of chatted a bit about this, like charred out all this stuff. Yeah, we did, we did, we did. But it's it's true, it's true. Split screen podcast fashion to basically repeat. Yeah, things. well, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, and, like, uh, people are expecting a rehash. People don't want people don't want new material. They want the classics. 
<laughs> one of Stones is talking to be left for dead and, and failing to prepare. Play the hits. Um, but yeah, it, it's something that's quite comfortable for me. Like, I just like knowing that it's there, even though I'll start stuff and not necessarily finish it. Um, but, uh, you know, the magazine is what it's become. Like, I just will forever always look at this, this, this podcast, this website as being a kind of cool stepping stone that took us to the magazine. And, you know, in the same way that I don't, obviously, evidenced, I don't remember the stuff I've written particularly well. <laughs> um, I, I will uh, I will always remember the 5 out of 10 articles that we've we've helped make. Like, what, I, does that, what does that say about us that you don't remember yours, but I remember all of them. Is that just you said a you just had a more fulfilling life? <laughs> no, I think it's you know it, for me like it, you see there's a there's an evolution there from writing lots of articles like with words in them, which then morphed over time to being much more visual, yeah, or I being think... much more playful with form, and that in itself is far better suited for the design stuff in the magazine than it is necessarily to try and come up with an article every week that's just kind of not the way that i'm geared up anymore yeah okay okay so here's a question for you to, to round this off because we so desperately need to round this off um so split screen's five years old five out of ten is three years old in november which in itself is quite scary where do you think we're going to be in five years do you think we're going to do you think do you think we're still do you think we're still going to be doing split screen do you think we're going to be here going Oh, let's talk about our favorite favorite games of the past ten years. So it's Bayonetta and Left 4 Dead two again. <laughs> well, I read, I read a good article on the Owl, um, or the Owl. How do you pronounce yeah, I think, it? I think it's All. All. I'm going to call it the Owl. Yeah, I, um, I like the I like the Owl. That's good. Good. Where yeah, yeah. <laughs> where it kind of described how websites are. I think it was. I think the point of it was that that websites are going to be an archaic thing. They're like they're just a, a portal that you used to have to go to to get content, whereas the reality is now the notion of online and digital you can get that without ever visiting a website. Yeah, like well, you, some, you can, you something can, like ten uh, percent of people that use Facebook don't think they're accessing the internet. Yeah, but, but really? Yeah, it's in. We're talking about developing countries, so people here are oh. like, um, I don't know if it's India or uh, or some countries in Africa. Right. But a lot of them use use Facebook all the time on their phones, but they don't see that as being part of the internet. But I can kind of see that for 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 kids growing up now, right? Because like for me, all these apps and stuff are just they're like websites that they load up in a very specific way and then it does something. Well, it's like if we wanted to start split screen now, we might not necessarily roll a, a WordPress blog or a Joomla, God help us. You might do like a Tumblr or a Medium blog, you know? Well, yeah, but you know, it's, you could design it specifically just to always work on a mobile device, and that would be something that wouldn't necessarily be a www dot thing. Yeah. If anything, the www dot thing will just be a blank page with an image on it that says "Go download this thing." Well, that's essentially what Cast Iron's website is. It's a it is a website that links to a Tumblr that tells you to go to iTunes. So, like five years from now, it'll still be a website, right? It'll have stuff on it. It might not be the main thing that we're doing, because I think. You well, know, since it's not the main thing that we're doing now, I think that's a reasonable thing to to predict. But it'll have it'll have a a nod to whatever the the current thing is in five years, right? It'll still kind of be there, taken away. Oh uh, yeah, I think part of me part of me thinks I don't want to be too wistful about but part of me wishes we were recording this in the same room with our wee miniature bottles of whiskey again you know like old like old time sake um with our wee with our wee scripts and the jokes pre-written to make sure we got them out there but uh, yeah i think like i don't, I don't know where we're going to be in five years but i really hope we're still doing this yeah man, so, it'll be yeah fun. <laughs> good good I'm, I'm glad you share my so but i think it's, there's just a different um we've just got a different maturity now not necessarily more maturity, but a different kind of maturity. Yeah, well, it's, we kind of know what we enjoy. Yeah. And we just do that, and there's not really a, a care about the rest of it. It's not the same smell of desperation to my writing anymore. Like, <laughs> it, desperately trying to be clever. And looking at this um, word process review, uh, my Mac desktop disgusts me. Everything about it is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
oh, my dog's not on the left. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, guess that's it. <laughs> I'm I'm spent. We're still doing the jug posts. We're still doing the the questionable jug posts, like the the year questions answered one I did the other day. That I thought was funny. It probably wasn't, but fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Craig will understand. Craig will understand what I'm trying to do. Well, I, I like I started off when we revamped the site. I was like, had a random record review, which I've done one off. Yeah, I noticed you've only done one. That certainly they, is a random record review, just not with the intended. <laughs> there is. I've got. I've bought like three other cheap vinyls, and they're on my shelf. I've just not sat down to do it. <laughs> I need to do it. Like I just, I need a deadline. But then at the same time as well, like I kind of want, like I don't want a hobby to have so much work attached to it. And the more that we invest in the the magazine, the less I'm likely to be doing other things. I like the way you always you know? call five out of ten the magazine, like it's like the Scottish play. Oh, well, it is. It's, it's the magazine, man. It's not, it's, not, it's not Voldemort. It's got an E in. It's got an E in. <laughs> need to use it as much as possible. Hashtag brand. Hashtag five out of ten. Hashtag. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Five out often. What does that mean? Um, oh, why did I pick that name? Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think like oh, I remember like yeah, I really broke myself doing a lot of split screen content, especially the Christmas ones, especially the screenies. If there's one, if there's one thing I could take back from the past five years, it would be to start the 2012 screenies about six months in advance. So do you want to just quickly do the 2015 screenies now then? 2015 screenings. Um, yeah. oh, oh, shit. Um, I haven't played any games this year. Best game of the year is uh, Her Story. Best mobile game is Shooty Skies for the iPhone. And, um, and that's it. And the music of the year. The music of the year is coming along well, actually. I've got a big list of about 15 <laughs> albums now. But um, yeah, I, I, I really haven't played very many games. I think my favorite game of the year is probably Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Alan, Alan's game of the past 20 years of the year award. But I don't know what we're going to do. That's that is that's the one thing that, yeah, that's the one thing. I don't think we could do the screen news anymore because I haven't got any. I haven't been playing any fucking games. <laughs> I got the best movie of the year. What's your best movie of the year? Fury Road. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Cool. Good Done. Stuff. All right. Well, we can. This episode will now be called the Split Screen Screenies 2015 Birthday Celebration. Uh, well, I was I was going to go for five years gone. <laughs> <laughs> So we've not kept this short and sharp at all. Uh, no. My my recording says one hour forty minutes. Yeah, mine is. Yeah, mine's one hour thirty five. Like, will I stop recording now? Then. Well, oh, we, we for, should probably. For the see. love of God, please stop. Oh, okay, yeah. If you enjoyed this podcast, what's wrong with you? But also, if you enjoyed this podcast, you should check out our magazine, which is five out of ten. Um, at the time of speaking, we're finishing off the new issue which is called Control. You can go to 5outof10magazine.com or you can back us on patreon.com slash 5outof10. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter, which, as you've just heard, you should not do. I am at AG Bear and Craig is at CP Wilson. Uh, true, but you might as well just go to at 5outof10mag. Yeah, why not? Yeah, go for it. Like, it's, good. it's good too. It's good too. Cool. So we'll see you next time. See you. Um, when we'll be talking about Left 4 Dead 2. Woo! <laughs> uh. And cut. And cut. <laughs>